A Pulp MX Network production. Welcome to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show presented by Maxis Tires and Renthal on RacerXOnline.com. With your continued support of our sponsors, we have surpassed 1,500 podcasts delivered with over 15 million downloads. Click that Amazon banner on Pulp MX to help us out. Donate via Patreon if it suits you. As always, enrich your moto lifestyle by working with the sponsors who support us. Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Fly Racing Racer X Podcast. Thank you to Fly Racing. FlyRacing.com. Please check them out. Go to your local dealer. Go see the latest and greatest 2021 stuff from the Fly Racing guys. Go to your favorite e-tailer online and, and do that as well. I prefer Motorsport. Uh, thank you to uh, Fly Racing. Their Formula Helmet uh, came out a couple years ago and absolutely redefined what a uh, helmet is all about in terms of uh, weight and protection and everything else. And uh, they've done it again with the Formula CC for 2021. Uh, same great safety features, a little different price because the shell's a little different. So please check that out. If you can, flyracing.com, the official gear of Zach Osborne, the light pant. They ditched the zippers. It's amazing. Uh, also, thank you to Renthal. Grab life by the bars with Renthal.com. Uh, please check them out uh, on the line on the web. Uh, you know their name. They, they're a fantastic company. They have a lot of innovations, be it uh, the 7 8 bar that started it all back in the day, to the twin wall, to the fat bar 36, which is the latest and greatest thing. It is a fat bar, you know, one of the ones without the crossbar. Uh, bigger diameter mounts and lighter weight and less vibration and all of that better shock absorption so this is the latest thing from the folks at rental rental.com thank you as well to max's tires jeremy jeremy smith justin rodbell using max's tires out there on the sgb kawasaki team max's.com for more information you can also check out their great line of mountain bike tires everyone loves the minion mountain bike bike mountain bike tires as well from the folks at max's.com so this is a 2020 Rockstar Energy Triple Crown Canadian MX Series Review Pod. We did the preview pod. Now myself and Noof and Galdi are going to review what happened in the season and uh, talk about going forward and Ryder McNabb's future and more. So thanks for listening, everybody. Here's myself, the Noof, and Galdi. So as I said, to talk about and wrap up the 2020 Rockstar Energy Triple Crown Series up there in Canada, revisit some of our predictions. God, I hope not. And uh, talk more about the series and uh, the good and the bad of it is uh, a couple of my buddies. First up from Atlas Brace, atlasbrace.com, the official brace of Chase Sexton and uh, Dylan Wright, to speak of uh, of one guy we're going to talk about here. It's the new Ryan Lockhart. What's up, buddy? How are you? Hey, man. How's it going? Thanks for having me back on. I guess you forgot out one... Uh the pr- I'm the pride of Manitoba these days, right? Yeah, you are, and we're going to get into that a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah, does he does does Ryder McNabb wear Atlas? Yes. Okay. Yes. Thank God. Yes. All right. AtlasBrace.com. Also on the line from uh, Ammo and the series and and Guaranteed MX and the flood and everything else, it's Galdi Ryan Gold. What's up, buddy? 
Hey, I'm doing good, Steve. I was just thinking when he said all that, I think I have more jobs than Weege. Yeah, maybe. He got kicked off of GNCC TV this year, so. Yeah, I listened to that. He really didn't kind of get, like, a notification. It was just like, oh, I guess I'm not coming back because there's a new guy in the booth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, seems treated well. Noof, we, before we started this, I don't know if I've ever heard Galdi, like, so positive, so happy, Noof. Like, <laughs> this is phenomenal. Oh, man, that was, uh, yeah, the, Galdi's intro uh, just to our start of our conversation, like, killing it, killing it. Well, Life is good, man. I mean, it was like four or five days ago that the flood kind of came back on Twitter. He was angry at some people for signing up, don't know how to sign up. Like, it, it, it felt like, you know, things were going south for our buddy here, Noof, but it's all good now. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it doesn't get much better according to what he just told us on the way in. <laughs> Look, there's many levels of negative and positive in Galdi's life, okay? Let's right. just let's get that out of there right now. And, yes, the odd moment, there will be the negative where I got unleashed on Twitter because there's a yeah. lot of stupid people. No, there and is. <laughs> today, it's, it's, a, it's a fucking happy day, boys, a fucking happy day. Good to hear. <laughs> Fantastic. Um. First of all, the series just wrapped up, the outdoor series. I, I refuse to acknowledge a two-round sand supercross series at Gopher. I just refuse to acknowledge that as being, like, real. You know, I know, I know the guys at, at Jetworks have to probably have had so many races to get paid by Rockstar, and I understand that, and I respect that, but I'm not going to acknowledge these results on Digger's backyard supercross track. Sorry. <laughs> well, he's hauling clay in. It's not going to be sand. It's going to be clay, according to what I've been told. So I guess we'll. I mean, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. But yeah, it's a little different. But you know what? I can't even believe that we were able to pull off all the rounds of the outdoors, right. let alone these couple supercrosses. So yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I agree. And, and you know, hey, whatever happens, happens uh, as far as the, the supercross series. And but I just I don't know how this is going to go. So we'll, we'll we'll do this pod now. I went to go pull up the results to uh, talk about it. And, uh, hey, Noof, uh, you'd think you'd go to the Rockstar Triple Crown Series to yeah. find the 2020 <laughs> points. Would you think yeah. that? Would that would that make well, sense? That's what most people would think, considering, like, when you watch Galdi on TV, every second word of his mouth is Rockstar Energy Triple Crown. Yep. Um, and that is the official website mm -hmm. of the series. But yep. uh, there is a little more backstory to why the results aren't on there. Um, because I, I, I have some American buddies that follow the series that sponsor teams up there. And as a matter of fact, like 10 days ago, I sent somebody to that website to go look at results. Because he's like, hey, I wonder how my team is doing. And I'm like, mm -hmm. he's like, Mathis, where can I find results? And I sent him to there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So well, if you go, if you go, if you go to rock, if you go to the Rockstar site and you click on like their live results, um, it looks like Nicoletti won the last race. So, um, okay. which wasn't the case, but that's from last year. Uh, um, last round. <laughs> uh, Galdi, can you, can you elaborate on this, please? Um, I guess, yeah, for sure. I, I, I definitely can, and I guess I'll even, I'm going to put myself in an even happier mood right now, Steven, so let's just blow the roof off of fucking super happy-go-lucky Galdi time. Uh, went to the first race, no computers, no anything really to kind of score. It, it was all there, but it was literally looked like a yard sale. Um, and I had literally just been doing my races prior to this, and they asked me to set it all up, but I didn't know, like, what computers and cords and all this stuff to use. So I just literally pulled a full fire drill and threw all their shit out the window, basically, and got my workers to bring my stuff from Walton, where it was at my last race. 
I brought out all my computers, all my uh, update equipment, everything down here, and just plug and play. And unfortunately, I couldn't figure out how to get their live link to work. So I just use mine at AMO Ontario, the Amateur Motocross Ontario website and everything. And we just used it all year long. And it worked so good and worked perfectly at round one that we just kind of kept the trend going. Why wouldn't the people that own the series want the results on their website? Um, well, that's a good question. I think they should want that, but I feel like the um, – how can I put this without getting myself <laughs> fired? Um, the lack of effort towards that section just doesn't seem to matter. It was more geared towards television and making sure – I don't know, the track was good, uh, I guess. I, I don't know. Uh, okay. I got this thrown on my plate. I made it happen with, uh, the, with yeah. the stuff that I have, and that's how it went. That's, that's okay. well. It just helps, it helps you create – the you know shit talk for the stuff that you do down there for us. So just I just we got to keep it going. Okay, fantastic. That's what we do. Um, well, look, uh, the series is over. Dylan Wright won the 450 crown, his first uh, rookie year in the 450 class, and his first year there, and, and he won it. Noof, I think before the year, you know, please don't go back and listen to our prediction pod, anybody, because I think I said <coughs> he would win some motos. Uh, I don't even know. I don't even think you two were, you know, that pumped on Dylan as far as how he would do. Probably more so than I am, but but not as much. But, Noof, seriously, even if you were to pull Billy Wright aside, Dylan's dad, old Billy, right, and said, hey, how's your kid going to do? I don't think even Billy would have said, yeah, he's going to win four of the five rounds and all the, almost all the motos and, and, and win the championship. Like, I, I, don't, I don't think even his parents would have thought this. Yeah, I mean, I guess uh, it would depend on how many Bud Lights Billy had into him when you pulled him aside. But, um, I mean, it honestly blew everybody's mind, quite honestly, at the beginning. Like, he came out at Gopher, and, I mean, those rides that he put on. And I know, you know, everybody was saying, well, it is in his backyard. You know, he's riding there. That's where the team is and this and that. But you can't really – that's not really an advantage for him because the way the track got at Gopher that – it doesn't get national rough even during the week when you're practicing or the local races that he was doing. And dude, like they were world-class rides that he put on. Um, and you know, Phil's no joke in the sand. He can ride, but did he was dominant. The only time we ever saw any mess ups were I think Sandali won um, the first weekend at Sandali. He kind of struggled a little bit and he showed some flashes of the old Dylan, Wright Where he was revving the bike and clutching it and looked like a bit of a goon out there and and he got a third though in the moto like that was his worst moto was a third all year um it was uh it was pretty damn impressive and i mean him and phil going at it kind of at the last sandali before the incident i mean it was uh dylan was still better overall yeah. I mean, he was going to win that moto so um you know looking at his overalls i mean one one two one one uh that's pretty damn good yeah it was Amazing, Galdi, right? I mean, and Galdi, you've seen all these guys come and go, and and this, and you corrected me on Twitter as far as the comparison between Clat and him, number nine, Honda, Fox Gear, all that stuff. Um, this is this is next level for Dylan. Like he took a look. I was in Geneva in December. <laughs> I was there. Everybody knows what you happened know, to Dylan there. I, I bought the I bought the kid Twitter. dinner. I felt so bad. I bought him dinner one night. I think. Um, <laughs> But, like, this was amazing. 
Yeah, he was he was unbelievable. Like I, like you said, if you go back and listen to our thing, I don't. I think all of us kind of said Samoto wins, um, but the, the dominance that he showed, like Nufus saying, like yeah, backyard go for blah blah blah. The track even at Santa Lee, he did struggle. Like Nufus said, actually his worst moto was a fourth move, the first one at the the second Walton that Phil won. Oh, okay. um, but uh, regardless, still he was he, like every time he kind of decided to put it into his own his own way on the track like that, he looked. So good and so fast and so smooth that he was just just he, the last three motos. Unfortunately, we lose Phil uh, halfway through the, the the first one, and then we miss him in the last two. He rode around at like eighty percent, eighty five percent, just passed his way to the front, and and yeah, he him and that bike and everything that he had going on this year was just gelling beyond gelling. It was it was truly. Um, it was amazing to watch. Like it, it, it definitely reminded of that same kind of year with the clap thing. Like it was just, right. he was, he was unbelievable. So, like it was awesome to watch. New, if you work with the team, like, and this was a weird year with the COVID stuff and all that for sure. Yeah. Um, did he? Was he in better shape? Did he ride more? Did he? Did the four fifty work better for him? <laughs> did you know? Like, what was the key? Or I mean, was or was Phil not as good? As 2019, Phil? Like, what do you I think, think? I mean, being around him, like, showing up at Gopher, hadn't seen him in a while. Um, I showed up on a Thursday, and this is where I'm going with this, is the kind of focus and determination that Dylan had. I showed up there on a Thursday, and kind of working in the shop, getting stuff ready, and Digger has a has a track in the back of Gopher that's a little more hard-packed and stuff like that, and I see Dylan getting dressed on Thursday. before, And I mean, Dude, it was hot, too. And uh, he's getting dressed to go ride. I'm like, oh, what are you doing, going to ride? And he's like, yeah. So I I rode back there with him to watch. The guy pounds out a 35-minute moto, like, at 110%, literally, you know, the day before the national starts. And he was just focused and talking to him, and he was confident and you know, after the first moto, he goes out there and puts on a dominant performance, beats everybody. And I asked him after the moto, I'm like, did you get tired? I mean, the track was gnarly and it was super hot. He's like, nope. And I'm like, and I kept asking him that all year. He never showed any sign of weakness to anybody around him, including the crew on the team, including his mechanic, the media, anything. It was just like straight face. Like, he was there to win every single moto. So that was the biggest thing for me. I don't know if he was in any better shape. I guess, of course, he would be um, to be able to do that, three 35-minute motos. um, You know, and especially with the mud motos, those were the ones that Dylan has always struggled in, overriding the bike and stuff. And, you know, he was – he was awesome, and his starts weren't that great either. That was the other thing. Like he, he'd come through the pack, and he'd pass like Gurky and Medaglia and and all these guys that he'd just go by them like like no problem. It was just yeah. like oh he caught him, oh he went around him, oh he's gone. Like they didn't really have yeah, a yeah. chance to eat yeah. his roots. Right. So, uh, I mean, wh- yeah. Do you think Galdi? Do you think Phil? Now you guys had three motos. The, by the way, let's talk about that. How was that received, Galdi? What did you think of it? And, everybody, uh, yeah. I, I, everybody loved it. Loved yeah. it at every angle. I guess the only kind of downside to it was the big gap on Saturday to Sunday after the morning motos. But I don't think we could ask the guys to go back to back to no, back. No. You know, three in a row. So that was the only. Everybody loved the schedule. They loved how relaxed it was. They loved how on Sunday morning nothing even started really for the pros till about I think it was ten o'clock. New, if you'd know, I think it was ten, right? 
Yep, 10, yeah. Yeah, 10 o'clock. So it was a, a pretty relaxed atmosphere as far as that goes. And then, you know, we had the, the women's and the pre-mix kind of thing filling in the Saturday afternoons just for something going on on the track. Like, it was it was awesome. I, I truly believe we uh, kind of opened up, you know, something really, really cool for next year. But the thing that hits us in the butt is – is that if we can't have, again, same with the way it's going to the States, if we can't have fans to help cover this stuff and then also help pay for the sponsors, pay for the TV side of things, I don't know if it'll be feasible this year. They just pulled it off. I, I'm pretty sure, you know, everything's in more debt than it probably yeah. could as far as things go. But um, it, the the schedule idea this way was amazing. It was it worked out way better than than expected. Noof, was it more work for you and the team? Obviously it was, but was it a ton more work? Was it okay? Was it received well? As far as a team, yeah, yeah. The, the I, I actually really enjoyed the schedule. I mean, I like the Saturday morning thing, but man, we squeezed a lot of stuff in between 8 a.m. and noon. Like literally, the the last moto of the day for the pro stuff was done at noon. So then yep. you kind of had all afternoon to to regroup and and whatnot. So I wouldn't say it was any more work because of the way the schedule was kind of laid out. It kind of gave a lot of time, um, and especially with that 10 a.m. start on uh, on on Sunday, um, it was different. I like the schedule. I'd yeah. like to see it continue forward. Um, it was cool to see three yeah. motos, so you're getting to see a lot more racing. Um, and I think the riders liked it, too. I mean, I never really heard any negative comments about it. Right. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was cool. Uh, I hope it continues on. Yeah, I'd like to see the American guys down here think of something like that. Like, I got a Red Bud or a, a real special yeah. track or a weekend or whatever. Uh, you know, Triple Crown-ish, right? Have three motos. Like, well, one yeah. of the ideas that is, this has kind of spawned is, so for the teams, in, uh, and it could work down there for sure, the big, the super long drive. So our team's going out west. You knock off one round out there. You do two, three moto ones, and then one, two moto one. So you get eight motos out west. So it's like you're having four rounds, but you're taking away a whole weekend of flights, hotels, travel, and everything away from the teams. Like, up here, you're probably saving every team anywhere between twelve and eighteen thousand bucks. So it could work well on the budget side of things if it if it all makes sense on the team side of things. And then you know, in the states, you do that. And maybe you take the next weekend off to say go from say Washougal down to you know WW or something. Yeah, no, it's kind of neat. I like it. Um, so the the right fill incident. Uh, we debated this on Twitter, on text. Like a sixty forty Phil's fault uh, racing incident, though. Um, both of you saw that as a racing incident that that took Phil out of the series. And, and by the way, it cost Phil second overall. He dropped from second to fifth. Poor Phil. Um, what do you think of the incident, Noof? And and, and would you is anybody to blame for that? I mean, first of all, it was scary for sure on on all behalfs that were involved in that. I mean, that could have ended Dylan's season just as quick as it ended Phil's. In all honesty, and maybe even worse for Dylan, as he was the guy that was kind of kind of still in the air as Phil was on the ground. So, I mean, there's no question that Dylan was going for it. I guess if you look back, you know, if you're the Yamaha guys, you're going Dylan. You've kind of already won this championship. Just back it down. But of course, he's going for wins and stuff. And they were having a great battle, and that was something that we didn't really see at any of the other rounds. They never had like a, a full-blown, you know, duke it out battle for for the whole moto. So, I mean. When you watch the video from the front, and I know lots of people on Instagram and Twitter and shit saw originally from the front view, it definitely looked more Dylan's fault from the front. But when you saw the lead up to it of how that section was split, had an inside berm and an outside, you know, Phil was going outside, Dylan was going inside, 
It was 100% a racing incident. I mean, and yeah. no, no rhyme or reason Dylan meant to do that. Yeah, he was fucking going for it, that's for sure. But also Phil was going for it, and I think Phil threw the dirtiest scrub I've ever seen him throw up here <laughs> on that one lap. Yeah. Um, he's an old man. He shouldn't be scrubbing that hard. And, it, of course, it kind of caught, and it threw him to the right. And um, it was a bad deal. I mean, it was scary. I mean, luckily – the outcome was what it was as far as injuries and stuff go. And I mean, it could have been a lot worse, but the craziest part of the whole thing was, is I don't know if you've watched like the aftermath of the next section, Dylan about ends himself again, literally, (laughs) literally 30 feet later lands on Phil, doesn't even really budge him. He lands, jumps this next little tabletop and blows his right leg off. Like (laughs) looked like a full dislocation of the knee slash hip. Um, like he was, like he was rattled, like he was rattled from that and everything and yeah I think so yeah, and yeah. I think that he just like it probably scared the shit out of him right um, and I mean he was rattled after the moto I mean the first thing he did he crossed the line went right straight to Phil um, and kind of you know obviously checking on him and stuff yeah. and he got back to the truck and you know Phil, he was, Phil didn't he seem was that, shaking yeah Phil didn't see that mad Goldie I think he understood it like, well I mean that week uh, leading up to that race, Phil made me an unbelievable pork chop dinner and for my family and all wow. of us. So fuck wow. Dylan right in this instance. Yeah, yeah, fuck. absolutely. No, I I'm agree. just kidding. Uh, you knew to explain that uh, as by far the best you could have. Racing incident and all that stuff, it definitely sucks. It was scary for sure, even on TV when we were watching me and Kyle in the booth. are just like, oh, God, yeah. oh, and then you've seen his back shoot up. It was scary. But then, like, what Dylan, or what Noof touched on after the fact, where Dylan almost ended himself, I think he kind of overjumped that next table, and there was big ruts, and yeah. it was scary all around, but for sure, Noof, you laid that out as, as good as it could. I think a racing incident uh, all around for sure. I, I hit Phil up halfway through the series when I asked him about Dylan, and he said to me, it sucks because I actually like the prick. You know what I mean? Like, like he, he couldn't put a hate on for Dylan. He had to tip his visor to him, you know, how well yeah. he was riding. Um, but, Galdi, was Phil as good as last year? Um, I think he was. Yeah. I, don't, I didn't see really anything faltering. He was getting great starts. He had speed. I mean, he's in great shape. Yeah. I don't believe there was anything missing. I just think that Dylan, right. uh, compared to, say, what Fasciotti brought to the table, they're almost they're not identical, but they're both super smooth and smart and everything. I think Dylan just had a little bit more raw speed, um, yeah. you know, sort of like what you see out of, like, an AC uh, compared to a like, Tomac right now in the States or something like that. There's just such a raw edge that Dylan has, and he's, he's definitely a little bit more finesse on the bike, like, you know, scrubbing things and staying lower, getting the power to the ground. Um, and I think, I think that the way that Phil rides – uh, we talked about it a lot more. We got to hang out a bunch more this year because he was living in the, can- in the country the whole time. Yeah. The guy uses first gear on his 450. And I'm just like, what? How the fuck do you ride like that? And you want, and I, obviously it doesn't bugger. He makes it work, but I just feel like there's times where that kind of stuff around the track, whether it's just these little microseconds of, yeah, of yeah. thing, but you know, over yeah. a two minute period, it turns out to be a two or three or four second gap. And cause his speed was fine in, in lap times, but then on yeah. the track it Dylan was able to wick it up. I think he just had that raw yep. rawness that was just able to elevate him above Phil, because I don't think he was missing anything this year. I think Phil was very, very much similar or even a little bit stronger. Do you agree with that, Noof? You think you Phil? I mean, last year we saw Phil battle Alessi, uh, win a lot of motos. You know, uh, Fasciati as yeah. well. I I think Phil was the fastest guy last year. I do overall. Uh, Mike yeah. Mike had his moments later in the series, and Colton is Colton. But do you think Phil was the same? 
Well, Phil said numerous, well, I shouldn't say numerous times, but he said to me more times than once that he actually felt better this year. He felt like his speed was better. He felt like his training was better coming into the season. And, I mean, he, he admitted it, that Dylan was just really tough to beat. And I think that going back to last year, you know, with Fasciati and with Alessi, those guys didn't have quite the grit that Dylan had, so it was easier for Phil to be that gritty guy on the track and to, to beat those guys. I mean, I think, yeah, he did have more speed than them, but overall he knew he could come up on them, put a little bit of pressure, and, I mean, Colt was in full championship mode the whole, the whole, the whole series. I mean, he was just points, 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 where Dylan was going for moto wins. He didn't necessarily care as much about the championship as those other guys did, so I think that that made it look like Phil wasn't quite as good this year on TV, but I think speed-wise, uh, I think that he was probably, you know, uh, a few percent better than he was last year. Is uh, is Phil coming back next year? His contract's up. Noof, uh, do we know if the team's going to re-sign him, or is, is somebody else going to sign him? Do we know? I, I think he's back. Galdi would know more, more about that than me, but I think he's back, right, Galdi? I don't believe there's a contract signed yet, but I yeah. mean, how can you not bring him back? Right, I mean, right. I, I think if any team in the entire pit stays exactly the same, it'll be that OTSF team. The, the, the camaraderie, the setup, the whole thing, they all work well together. I, I don't see that thing changing at all at, at that squad. Well, it's Blue Crew. I mean, it works. We know that. Right. Um, Those are all just actually bone stock bikes off the showroom floor. Galdi, myself, Phil, are all Blue Crew guys. <laughs> we understand. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to stop shitting on Moffenbeier for our next year's preseason pod. Like, <laughs> I feel like we all do a little bit. Well, you could you, – the first few rounds, you could shit on him hard. He was not good at Gopher Dunes, and he was not good at the first Walton, that's for sure. And then well, what, so what happened? not good, oh. he, he fit in right where we all placed him. Kind of, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he, fit, he fit the role, but, we, you know, what the position that he's got on the team that he's got – what he did those last three rounds is what he probably should have been doing at the first ones, according to the stat sheet and the team he's on. And then he, you know, he did do it. Yeah. What happened? What changed? Any idea? Well, I think his starts got better. Um, kind of his starts got better as the series went on. I mean, Gopher, like I said, he, he kind of, to me, he just, yeah, he fit into that five, six, seven place. He was getting beat by his teammate there. Actually, in one moto, he might have fell, but uh, Gaynor beat him. And I don't know, he just looked pretty blah on the track. And then all of a sudden, he started getting starts, and he was a podium guy. I mean, um, finished third in the series, kind of fought his way back, you know, five, six, three, three, four for for all those rounds. I mean, he definitely got better, but um, he'd led some laps, and it almost was like it made him feel like he could believe again. It's been a while since mm-hmm. he's he's ran up at the front. Um, you know, he got thrown in that 450 class after, you know, being fairly good on the 250, winning a championship and stuff. So, um, yeah, it looked like he kind of got rejuvenated a little bit, and, and he was a solid podium guy at the end. I mean, the, the last moto of the year with – with T-Dags, Gurky, and, and Moff all fighting for position yeah. all for that third spot kind of was really exciting. T-Dags actually well, cleaned second him spot. right Yeah, out. second spot. Yeah, second yeah. spot. Sorry, right. second spot. And uh, T-Dags cleaned yeah, him out. I mean, oh, yeah, cleaned him right off oh. his front end right off. Oh. Yeah, uh, I, it actually got brought up at the little after-party f- festivities there. Um, oh. And uh, <laughs> Moff, ad- Moff admitted uh, that T-Dags owed him one because I guess the lap before that uh, Moff by mistake, cross jumped him a little bit, so Moff was fine with it. But um, Galdi, yeah. uh, Galdi was for sure team T Dags on that one, for sure. Uh, actually, I didn't see the thing the lap before, so I was like, "Ooh, that was a bit of a dick move." 
on I didn't I was doing calling on TV right, and right. I'm like oh that seemed like a little bit harsh for that <laughs> time but I, I didn't know I didn't see anything the lot before but Sean actually said that in his interview after the moto and because I figured those two were going to jaw at each other a little bit in the podium and you no know, they were both cordial yeah. and said yep you owe me I got you okay we're even again right right um, yeah. so Gurky uh, Gurky's retired I didn't know that he he announced it he's packing it in um, yep. was yeah, that he a, kind of announced it on the sort of Sunday night. Uh, festivities, if you will, of the first Sandley. Uh-huh. Um, actually, Newf dug it out of him. He was just prying on the guy. Just Jeez, Newf. Yeah, just prying it out of the poor guy. Oh, no, uh, trying, to, um, trying to get some content for Guaranteed over here. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he's uh, he's got a, a sort of a job that he's looking at down in Florida to do some landscaping, and a buddy of his has got a company, and wow. he's going to do Supercross, though, so it, we're a little bit a little bit premature as far as the full retirement here. He's still got four races left and, and eight main events, if you will. Yeah. He was so, uh, Matt, Matt was mad. It looked like just steady, right? Just steady. Phil was better. Uh, Dylan was better, yeah. but he was probably the next guy. Yeah, yeah. He Matt was good, and and you know what? He was I would say more consistent this year than obviously in the past. I mean, his yeah. seemed a lot more solid. Um, but yeah, I mean, he he told me there on that Sunday night uh, before he said he was packing it in. He said, you know, I really felt that after breaking my back that I. I could come in one more time, one more year, and he he legitimately thought that he could win the championship this year, and uh, I mean, man, he got a lot of podiums and he was consistent. Um, he just lacked that raw speed um, a little bit, and he admitted that. So he wanted to go out on his own terms, which is totally cool. Um, you know, he's had a great career and stuff like that. But can you imagine the scenario? So with that, with that, uh, with the right Phil thing going down, that could have been the end of both of their seasons. And Matt yeah, Curry really, right? into that championship. <laughs> yeah. That would have been epic going down. In the, not saying I'm glad that it didn't go that way. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, with Gurky, Moff, and, and T-Degs going into the final two, two motos on Sunday with, with right. Dylan and, and Phil out, that would have been an unbelievable storyline um, for it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, still second in the series. Nothing to complain about for no, Matt. No, yeah, good job to, to Matt. A nice career. One Southwick National. Don't forget anybody. Yep. One Southwick. Um, yeah. What's that team going to do? Welton's going to move up, but is that going to be their guy, or are they going to look for somebody else? Um, you got to think that I, you know, they have. Uh, it's not really secretive, but I, I think they have the pretty the, the biggest budget in the pit uh, as far as stuff like that kind of goes. But for sure, Welton is moving up. That's kind of already been discussed. Um, a guy next to that, you got to think they're probably not going to pick up a Canadian dude like a Gainer or Meston or right. something like that because they can't. You know, they need someone to beat Dylan. Um, they could probably, Welton, I think, could fit that role pretty good, whether he could beat Dylan or I not. I don't not see, way no, Welton cannot beat, Welton is not even. No, well, I mean, last I like year, Marshall, but. Moments, he had some moments where he was just as fast as Dylan, and again, another year on a bike, all that kind of stuff like that, things change. But for sure, looking at it now, not a chance. Right. Um, so they would probably have to go to the States, and I mean, right. you guys have been bringing up names uh, on your uh, shows for the last while. You're, JT, shut you down. Shut me down? Yeah. What? You brought up Baggett on Twitter. JT just shut oh, me down. Oh, that was Brett Lee. Oh, okay. Brett Lee's running my Twitter. I got back after the – I'm in the TV booth doing this thing, and Brett Lee's just set me up just for – drinking. For, for war here. And I'm yeah. like, who the hell is going on here? <laughs> Brett uh, Lee. If you're going if you, if to get an American to come up here that can beat Dylan right now, if all the stars are aligned, it would have to be oh, somebody dude. like a, a yeah. Baggett. It would have to be an elite guy. I agree. An I elite agree. guy, yeah. Could yeah. yeah. I mean, Tickle even – like not to knock Tickle, but could Tickle beat him? No. Home turf is a, is a big yeah, deal. Yeah, right? yeah, no, tick, tickle would be around around Phil. I really believe that. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, 
you're either you're just kind of hoping that you know you got wealth and does good, and you kind of maybe bank some bucks for another year down the road and see what happens with Dylan, or you you know yeah, like you said, you got to go mm-hmm. after some hot shot. But again, the majority of those guys that you're talking about, Noof, is yeah, they're already taken probably for next year. If we yeah. if we uh, if we actually you know cared enough, I would have got somebody to listen to our our preview podcast and you know give us what we said and how it happened and and all that so i don't really know but i do remember Newf galdi being so pumped on t-dags as usual you know and now he got fourth in the points back to 450s i just galdi took a hit on this one Newf. oh always 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 believe galdi uh, i actually didn't give t-dags that much love this year if oh, you, you want didn't? to go back no. and listen no oh, did we get to no. the bottom of gurky being upset with us it was all fine yeah, I, okay. I brought it up on the show. Oh, that's had right. Me on after yeah, the thing right. there, we, yeah. we kind of buried it, and then I I buried a, a muffin tin in his. Oh, that's Aaron's right. Yeah, yeah, you threw a muffin at his chick. Good job. <laughs> yeah. So um, and then it was fine. They hung out for the. We had lots of dinners and talked. Uh, it was great. Meston six, Gainer seventh. Uh, that's kind of where they are, right, Noof? That's yeah. that's where they. I mean, you know, uh, uh, Meston was uh, almost forty points back of Phil in fifth, who missed the race. Yeah. So I feel, I feel like know. both those guys were better this year, but you, everybody yeah. else is just so much better. But yeah. they did close the gap, I think, uh, this year on, on track speed. Messon and Gainer, they both closed the gap, but they're still definitely behind that, that top five group. Yep. Uh, O'Farrell just did the series because they were all in Ontario, right? Like, he yeah, just did pretty the whole much. thing, right? He would have probably went to Quebec and, and uh, New Brunswick if we did go out right, there. Right. But, yeah, the, the working man series right here for Bobby sure. Bobby Pizza, Goldie, that's your guy. Bobby Pizza. Bobby Slice of Pizza, man. I tell you, he lived in a, in a sprinter the whole time. You barely even seen the guy. I don't even know if, if how many times new for the season, but he just show I up. Him actually. I saw him lots, actually, because he came over every single morning asking if I had any tear-offs. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Well, I would actually, the only time that I would see him is about maybe two minutes before qualifying practice, he would ride his bike up to the trailer where I'd be doing the scoring, and, hey, man, I need a transponder. <laughs> I'd bolt him up with a transponder, and boom, out he would go to get his qualifying time. What's that, Newf? He would, you'd be, like, deep in bike work? I would be... I would be in the middle of a McNabb clutch on fire, like yeah, yeah. whole like like can't, hot potato type shit, and he'd be like, "Hey, tear offs." I'm like, "Dude, why didn't you ask me last week to get you tear offs for this week?" Like, yeah, yeah. he'd be like, "Oh, well, do you know anybody that will have any?" I'm like, "Go ask Welton. I, he probably used all Welton's tear offs. I, I don't know, um, or maybe he didn't even use any. I did give him some when I had some, like no problem right. at all. But, dude, a little bit of organization on your part would have went a long way with me bringing tear offs for." Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Cole Thompson, KTM's number one guy, just a disaster of a year, came in with a shoulder injury or something else. What, what do we or something? We, he was sick, shoulder. Yeah, shoulder Billy, and sick. And Billy over there at DMX was breaking news that the other other people weren't. We were getting conflicting results. But um, what did he end up doing? What did, and so he got fifth in round two. And then what happened? Yeah, he yeah, yeah he so he did his shoulder in the that week um, between I believe it was between or did his shoulder before Gopher and then also got some like it wasn't uh, what's that virus that everything goes around not COVID but um, <laughs> not uh, COVID oh mono what's that EV yeah, uh, Epstein Epstein yeah it's something along the lines of that he just couldn't he just didn't have any energy but I don't think we actually got it out that it was Epstein and then I. We kind of started talking about him, I guess, but after that happened, we kind of forgot about him. 
and didn't really ask any questions and stuff like that. And his brother was in the booth and never really brought it up either kind of thing. So I think it was something along the lines like that. Well, I think, well, what I had heard, he came into the first round. I guess he had crashed, got a big cut on his arm, and it got infected, so he was on antibiotics. And then he depleted himself at Gopher in that first moto. Then he crashed and hurt his shoulder. Then he cut the track. Remember the whole cut track cutting? Well, that was from the first moto. That was from the first moto. Oh yeah, yeah. And at Walton, he had enlarged intest, like an enlarged intestine or something like that, which is all the signs of Epstein Barr. And then he rode real good in that one moto, and then that was really the end of it. And then uh, yeah, he skipped the last few rounds. And then I seen him; he was riding Supercross, uh, practicing Supercross while the last two rounds were going on. So I don't know, bit of a disaster. Is he ever ride for next year? Are they keeping him? Would they keep him? Yeah, he's got another year on his contract. I'm not a fan. I don't know if you guys knew that, but him cutting yeah, the track is just perfect. Just perfect. I think we felt that before. Just perfect. <laughs> Honestly. Just what a Yeah. God, he's such a disaster. And like nobody <laughs> likes him. Like just nobody <laughs> likes him. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. I don't like the kid. So oh, yeah, I know that's fine. I, I no, he's he's definitely a, a yeah, I I I have ups and downs, but for sure I know there's a lot of guys he, that just they not a fan. Not and, a fan. And, and and on paper he hasn't done anything to keep that right. For for sure. I mean, even Supercross, what, he finished second last year to Phil, I think, or third. But, you know, if you're going to keep a guy who just wants to do four Supercross rounds a year, it's not worth it, you know? So No, he he was planning to do – he wants to do the outdoors. No, I know, but I'm saying, like, yeah, no. he, his oh. results weren't very good last year outdoors, you know, like for that yeah, type of ride. third in the series. Eh, really? Oh, third overall? Okay. Yeah, he finished third behind Phil and, and uh, he won a couple motos. He won the first motor. Yeah, he won the first one. The last motor. Yeah, I won the first motor. I was there in Calgary. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so fuck you, Steve. Okay. All right. <laughs> Fine. I'm, I'm letting my personal bias that he's a goof into my yeah. into my uh, into my uh, uh, results. Hey, who's Parker Eels, Noof? Parker Eels was uh, like, who, who yeah, that? he's a West Coast guy. Yeah, he's I know. West Coast That's guy. What, yeah. He uh, he had a pretty solid year, man. He he stepped it up. He's a working class guy. works uh, works a nine to five. Obviously, he wasn't during the nationals, but um, yeah, good kid. Um, not a ton of raw speed, but pretty good work ethic. And uh, yeah, some top he, tens. I mean, he was bummed he didn't get top ten in the series. It, he kind of got pushed out there right at the end to get a flat tire in one of the motos, but by two uh, points. Yeah, two point. Yeah, eighty. Yeah, one eighty four to one eighty six over Cartwright. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it was good though. He was stoked with his results and uh, and pretty happy. Pretty laid back program, eh, Galdi? They don't. Yeah. Uh, not a whole lot of fucks <laughs> given over there. Pretty laid so. back program. Yeah, no, it's yeah. it's a pretty mellow deal for sure. But he's the kind of kid that you, you like that whole setup. We got to have that in our series. They're they're good people. They they understand it and they like working hard. And and uh, I could see him get. I don't know how old he is, but. Um, I can see him getting better and being closer to where, like, a Sam Gaynor or Keelan Messon type ride is. Right. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, that's the 450 class uh, from the 2020 Rockstar Energy Triple Crown Series. Uh, fly you race. give your buddy Josh Cartwright a little love there, 10th spot. Yeah, good job, Cartwright. There you go. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm sure. I have something else to say, but I'll save it for 250s for you, Gold. Okay. Okay, so Fly Racing, Racer X Podcast, flyracing.com. Zach Osborne wearing Fly Racing and winning the 450 Nationals. Uh, so that's pretty damn good for him. And uh, the new light pant, of course, no zippers on it. It's got no zippers, Noof. Just a boa. I like that. On the front. I like that. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's like a set of PJs. It's putting on pajamas. I like that because I can't get my zipper done up anymore. So oh, okay. It's a little bit easier <laughs> for me. Uh, and thank you to Fly Racing for coming on board and also Max's Tires. MXSTs developed by McGrath, used by Justin Rod Bell.
I can't use A-Ray's name, Noof. I can't. I know. I, I can't. Like, he it's can't a, sell anything right now. God, it's ugly down there. Oh, it's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> Noof, can you come down and massage his arms? Well, I've, I feel like texting but texting him, but I'm scared because I just don't know what I'm going to get back for a reply. So, right, right. Um, uh, so, it's so, a fucking uh, gun, it's like good. a gun emoji. Yeah. Uh, he, 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 he texted me something last week. It was just a, like a screenshot of a Google of a Google search on a you know on a computer, and and it typed out how to fake your own death until motocross season is over. Jesus. Oh <laughs> <laughs> so so that's wow. what he, that's what he's googling these days. Okay. All wow. right. So uh, thanks to Maxis.com. The Minion Mountain Bike Tires are also awesome, of course. And I want to thank the folks at uh, Rental Rental.com, of course. Uh, GDR Honda using Renthal, which is something that I helped hook up. Uh, I also helped hook up the Firepower guys with GDR Honda. I, I have a percent of Dylan's title, a small percent <laughs> of Dylan's title due to the Renthal and Firepower connection. But Renthal.com, Fat Bar 36 is out now. Uh, regular Fat Bar, Twin Wall, 7 8 Bar, Renthal.com. You know the name, you know the products. And they've got championships in, down here in the USA and up in Canada as well. Uh, thank you to those guys. And Race Tech, Pulp 20 is the code to save with Race Tech. Get your motor work done, get some suspension work done. And uh, they'll dial you in with the folks at Racetech, Pulp 20. Um, all right, 250 class, uh, Ryan Gold, Ryan Lockhart, atlasbrace.com. Please check them out on, on the web. If you want a discount from Atlas Brace, just email me using the contact form. Or we have Pulp MX 20 code, right, Noof, with Atlas Brace? Yeah, it's just Pulp MX. Yeah, Pulp MX code with atlasbrace.com. I know uh, many of you people are, are checking that out. So thanks to Atlas Brace for letting Noof come on here during work hours. That's right. Uh, hopefully Brad doesn't know what you're doing. He knows. Anytime I shut my door, he knows I'm talking to you two guys. Okay. All right. Um, all right. Jess Pettis. Uh, he was our favorite going in uh, preseason. Uh, last year was an injury-filled year. The year before, he had won the MX2 title. And uh, on another level, Galdi, it looked like to me. I watched a couple of the races, followed them, obviously. Just gone. See you later. Yeah, he, he, him and him and Dylan almost had a, a mirror image season. They're like six points apart at the end, and moto sweeps on the, a couple of the rounds where they had the three motos. And yeah, he was awesome. Um, even when he didn't look like things were going to go his way, he just kind of massaged his way. Although it only that only happened in the mud day, but in both of the mud races on on the, the second Walton one, which is just a two moto format, he started twelfth and and like ninth and just kind of quietly moved his way up and went 2-2 on the day. Um, there was just nothing that he could, the kid could do wrong. And then the, he won the last six motos. I think he whole shot four of the six and leading every lap. Like he, he was awesome. Um, I'd have, I would give him just a small percentage of the best rider of the year this year uh, in that class. I guess maybe the only way that you'd maybe give it to Dylan because the class is a little bit more stronger and, and uh, uh, depth-wise, I guess. But anyway, Pettis was <laughs> – he was untouchable. He, those last six motos were so impressive, and uh, he made it look really, really easy to claim his second title, which now makes him a 450 guy yeah. for next year. I was going to ask that. So he's moving up. Has to, yeah. Yeah, has to move up. Yeah. Um, and he's going to fit right into that podium spot, right? Do we all think that, 450-wise? It's hard to say because I'll be honest with you, with him being a West Coast guy and seeing him at lots of local races and arena cross and stuff, I've never seen him ride a 450. Yeah. Like, he's always been a 250 guy. And I was talking about this at the last round at Sandalee, and I, I don't remember who I was talking to. And they said, no, he did spend like a couple months back five, three or four years ago riding a 450 a bit, but I don't ever remember seeing him on a 450. 
I don't know. I don't know. It's the question mark for me. I mean, clearly his race craft and his ability and skill and everything um, is right there. I think there's going to be a little bit of adapting, but I guess we would have seen the, said the same about Dylan Wright too. Yeah, um, I, I would have totally said the same thing about Dylan Wright. I would have yeah, said, yeah. I would have said Dylan's going to go fast as shit. He's going to crash a whole lot, and uh, you know he'll figure it out eventually. So that that yeah. that was my preseason on Dylan Wright. So, but but Pettis isn't as wild as no you know no yeah no he's smooth and that's and that's the thing like even watching him ride the 250 like he never hangs it out it's just literally momentum around the track and the the guy's barely revving the bike and stuff like that so complete opposite of what a dylan wright is compared to last year and then dylan gets on the 450 and it completely smooth him like he's smooth and he doesn't rev the bike and it's like a complete game changer for him so I don't know. I'm going to have to see him. I want to see him ride this ride this 450 a few times before I have any prediction on what he is. But, I mean, on paper, you can't see why he wouldn't be right in there with Dylan and Phil next year. I mean, skill-wise, it's it's all there. So, Galdi, when does KTM, when does JSR or KTM take Canella from Hot Dog Vendor? Now or after? Uh, well, I, there's, there's going to be a bit, not a bidding war, but I mean, you got uh, yeah, Canella and um, uh, McNabb, although I think McNabb now it looks like he might be staying with the Honda thing. There were some rumors going there. Uh, but the other one, uh, unknown, is this Piccolo kid who really turned it up right at the very end. Oh, Lissamore is all about Piccolo. Yeah, oh, well, he's, they, they live right. like neighbors, I think, right? right they live right. really close to each other. So it, it, it depends, I guess, how much budget i suppose i feel like marco would want not that he deserves or it's there but he would want more money where piccolo you could get him at a better a cheaper right, price right, and right. i feel like both pettis or at least pettis and then thompson's already got his contract is probably very similar to this year whatever they paid him and then pettis is going to obviously get an upgrade it'll just depend on budget wise but yeah canella would be the next guy on the list i think to to replace the championship oh, spot poor, at ktm poor hot dog vendor Poor hot dog vendor. Pulp MX, MX 101 rider, Marco Canella. Um, all right, so Welton, second place. Uh, pretty clear second. He had one issue. I think he broke. Did he Did he break in one motor or something? But I felt like Welton yeah. was pretty close. He to, did, but it was near the end, so okay. he, he still was able to – he, Get some he lapped up enough. Yeah. Remember how you like to shit on us on your show all the time? No, I don't shit on you. I just That's a, that's just a different rule. That's all. It's not. It's the same fucking rule. Oh, yeah. Right. It changed. Right. Right. It changed. Yeah. Sorry. It's the same fucking rule. Um. Well, I don't know because I can't find the fucking results or the rule book. So I yeah, I know. You have a hard time fucking texting you in my, my fucking phone. I know it's um, never on. I never answer back. So, uh, Welton, I felt, was closer to Pettis early on. Would you, all, would you both say? And then, and then Pettis just started pulling away near the end of the series, and Welton got – either Pettis got better or Welton got worse. Yeah, it's 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 funny how it kind of went. Like Marshall obviously was on on Sky Racing last year, which his program was you know ten steps above this year with with the Cowie team. But he he was very similar to me uh, this year as last year. He came out strong last year. You know he did win an overall last year, and then as the rounds went on, he kind of started to you know be a lot more distant. The other guys, the Wards, the Canellas, uh, the Serats, even you know started to kind of get the the best of him at the end when uh, you would think that he would get stronger as the series goes on so his year his his seasons were substantially pretty close to the same um he was good at gopher but man he was wild on the bike he made a lot of mistakes you know he had passed pettis at one point i think he was the only guy all year 
um, in dry conditions to pass Pettis. He yep. blew by him right in front of me. I think it was in Moto 2 or 3 at Gopher. Blows by him round the outside and then fucking washes the front two corners later and Pettis right. just rolls right around and, and wins. So it seemed like he lost a little bit of motivation maybe towards the end of the series. Maybe he knew he was going to 450. I don't know. But right. uh, he yeah. definitely wasn't as good at the last couple rounds. You guys uh, hang out with him at all? He's a good dude. I don't know if you both got to know him at oh, all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's a really yeah. good dude. It's going to be interesting to see him at the 450s with Phil because they're buddies and, you know, at some point Phil's got to hate everybody. <laughs> you know, so that'll be interesting. <laughs> uh, so Canella and Ward, I remember preseason, I lumped them together. We talked about him. We debated him, Galdi back and forth. Like, Canella's on the Pulpum X MX 101 Yamaha. Tanner Ward's on the GDR, first year for him on GDR Honda. And we, you know, we tossed them around and we talked about them. And they finished three points apart. And we don't have a clear, <laughs> and we don't have a clear winner out of the two kids. They both progressed. And they've been literally just swapping spots the last three or four years. I guess Ward gets the edge, Galdi, because he won in the mud. Yeah, if you look at that part, he gets a bit of the edge for sure. But the last six motos, Canella had to come from, I think it was a nine-point gap to beat him by the, the three points at the end. So he, he dug deep at the end mm-hmm. uh, to make that pass for sure on the AMO MX-101 <laughs> FXR Yamaha. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, like you said, mirror image. Like, you're coming in. Every moto they found each other. Every yeah. time they're on the yeah. track, we're announcing, oh, here they are again. And um, they're so similar. I just think... At some point, I don't know when it happened. I mean, if you look at the way the points thing was, right after when Ward won, we had the weekend off. And then sometime in between there, Marco found a little bit more confidence and a little bit more speed because at at, um, Santa Lee, he pretty much owned Tanner. I think it was five out of the six motos to to beat him in the championship. And he actually passed him in the majority of those motos, too, to get ahead. Oh, okay. So maybe – So, so Newth, maybe Canella, a little better season? Well – I I disagree a little bit. Oh, about shocker! The guy on GDR Honda, shocking, disagrees. Yeah, yeah. yeah thinks the GDR Way Honda rider. Field here. If you look at uh, if you look at round four, Sandalee Tanner went two twelve three for second overall, and Canella went three seven five. So uh, you still got to give the edge to Tanner a little bit there. No matter what happened in the motos, that twelve obviously killed. Tanner, I mean, he was not a 12th place guy. I don't remember exactly what happened in that moto. I think he fell and he got a shitty start. But uh, there's no question that Canella was better at the last round, like hands down. Um, he worked Tanner mentally and obviously on the bike too, speed-wise. But Tanner, man, he had all the opportunities to finish second in this series, in my opinion. I mean, he had good starts at just about every round. He was podium you know, on the podium just about every moto, and it seemed like, I don't know, Galdi, what do you think? He gets a little mentally tired. I don't know the physical part so much, but um, he gave up a lot of seconds and thirds with, like, two to four laps to go. Yeah, I agree. I think he's too, I think he's still too hard on himself where he puts himself on a, on a pedestal where maybe he's not quite there yet and needs to just kind of realize the position is because he's just as good as Canelo and these guys that he's mm. – and Welton. But when they get around him and ahead of him, they kind of be able to kind of get in his head or whatever and knock him to the side. And, and uh, it, we saw that in that, the last round, those last three motos kind of thing. So, um, But it, they're so similar, man. They're so similar. I just Yeah, I think Canelo just on that last weekend just had that mental edge. He said, you know, screw this, I'm going to send it, and then it all worked out three points difference. 
Speed-wise this year, though, Tanner was better than last yes. year. No yeah, I think Tanner yeah. had more raw speed for sure. Right. Way more raw speed this uh, year. Than last and so year. will Ward be back with GDR? Yes. Okay, yes. so Canelo yeah. is the guy that you know has a deal or, what, or needs a deal. Um, count me as surprised that Ryan Surratt lasted at Sky all season long. Count me with my hand up being very surprised. <laughs> I think he was probably surprised after having a couple conversations with him toward the end of the I, series. I, I, uh, I, from what I know of Surratt, he, he's uh, NFG, right, a little bit? Yeah, And absolutely. I would think he would have told Al at Sky to pound sand. Uh, Richard Taylor did lose his ride or did quit or fired or whatever. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it's not uh, the track record over there is not so great with any no. rider you've talked to under the tent. No, for sure. But uh, Surratt, fifth overall for him. Yeah. His return to Canada. Although the last time he was there with Dylan, he was teammates with Dylan, right? He was leading motos more often, I felt like, um, running up front a little more. Yeah, well, he led the champions or was right behind Moff going into the final round in whatever that was, 17. Um, I think he went 2-2 at Deschamps to get an overall, I believe, yep. and yep. and that year, and put him right in the hunt, and then he went like 5-8 right. or something on the last day. Um, but, uh, yeah, he, he, he the kids got skills, and yep. he got a third in the first Moto 1 the, the last Sunday, so it would have been the second in the middle Moto of the three. Uh, he got a third in the Moto there and, and rode good, like, you know, right. dogged those guys right to the end. Um, yeah, no, on the sheets here it says he's from BC, comma BC. So. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, because yeah. Al that's... doesn't know how to use online registration, so he gets Kyle Thompson to do it, and that's what Thompson just puts in for yeah, the address. Yeah, sounds good. They, uh, didn't, they didn't use online in 1988 when Al was... Right, right, and it was better, and it was better in 88. Yeah. Oh, yeah, everything yeah. was better. Um, sure. Ryder McNabb, 14, 15 years old? 14, 14 years old. Or from, just turned from, 15 the other day, I think. A, a, Okay, just turned 15. It's bullshit, bullshit that his address is, says Cortland, Ontario. Can we get that fixed, please? Please and thank you. <laughs> from dude no he's oh yeah oh god golly i will fucking fly up there and fight you right now i'll see you take it fly up next weekend we'll see you at the supercross you're, you're you're gonna start claiming him as ontario i just know it i just uh, well i, I mean just you fucking know, know it he's got a fair he's got a pretty ontario name do you know what i mean like so i, I figure Cortland, yeah, that's it's right that's right near gopher dune so i mean that must be where he's living <laughs> Shocker <laughs> that Galdi's claiming the next right, talent. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ah, he's just he's better as Pierce. He's just like hey, Pierce. Actually, I said something about that on a Twitter thing, like at the beginning of the year. Some dude, I must have been from Minnesota, lost his shit on me. If you fucking think you're taking that kid, that is the biggest lot of bullshit. I'm like, it was. I was talking about kids like across the country, but anyway, it was pretty funny. But yeah, no, he is from Manitoba. Everybody. Mendoza, so, Manitoba. Sixth overall, Galdi. We can't talk to Newf about this. He was his mechanic, of course. Couple things, Galdi. A, how much better would you have done with a real mechanic? And B, what do you think of the kid's season? Um, I, uh, I, I'll give Newf credit here. He's a good mechanic. I think. I don't think he could have done any better with anybody better. Like whether. It be what about Petra. me? What about me? Uh, no, um, your your track record is really not that good. You <laughs> won a moto and DNF the moto was like your best day in this summer cross thing. McGrath threw it away. <laughs> so, I mean, like, I don't have much to come back with that you, you, were, you know those are I mean? all facts. Like, i know the stats i know the right. stats uh kind of thing anyway um the kid is legit like man he 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 goes out and gets a fourth and then the next moto the next day his bike fucking quits and then he goes out and gets not like a, an eighth or something so, like, nothing seems to phase not him my fault not your no, fault that, yeah that was actually, right. <laughs> i'll let new tell that one after i'm done here but he is he's he's 14 he rides like a veteran he's he's tough he's strong on the mm -hmm. bike he doesn't let the he doesn't let anybody boss him around 
he fucking can move from 15th in the pack to fucking 6th. He had the fastest lap time in that mud race that he got 4th at the very last lap. It's like everything is pointing in the perfect direction right now, this kid, and he's, he's 14, 15 years old. He's hounding around with girls at the track already, and he's you know, mom and dad are like, hey, you got to go get him. you got to go get him. Put him to bed. You know, go to bed. 45 minutes later, mom and dad want him. He's the typical kid all that way. He's up. I'm up at 5 o'clock at the track with my kids. He's up at 5 o'clock going for a mountain bike ride. And then he comes back and eats breakfast with me after he, after I sit down with my kids. We're eating breakfast and stuff. The kid is – there's nothing bad you can say about him. His skill set, his, his mindset, his focus – this kid has got it all right now, and, it, and it's already been there's over the last, say, 14 days, oh, maybe more than that, I guess, since Walton 2, a lot of the teams, mainly the green team, been throwing money. I let's heard. Let's get them. Yeah. Let's get them. Let's I get heard. them. Yeah. You know, they wanted to talk about doing, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure we're allowed to talk about it. Your buddy is now his agent. Myrtle, yeah. Myrtle is his agent. So the yeah. kid is, he, they're taking the right sort of steps, I think, to massage his way down. But I, I believe that the whole uh, rumor thing has been squashed, and it looks like he's going to stay well, with the GDR squad, and it, it, it's going to make sense for everything like that. Who, Digger's done a good idea, and Myrtle's happy about it. Who's going to stay with Supercross now, too? Who's going to pay him more money? Dig, digs can't pay him. Like, like no, it's, it doesn't seem to be a money thing. Oh, it looks okay. like it's going to go more on a progression thing, the right map. To okay. get to where everybody thinks that he should be at, say, 17, 18 years old, when if he's this kind of kid, then the big money can be their kind of thing. They, they still want to ride, like, you know, your mini O's. Loretta's yeah. is out of the picture. Um, but, like, they're going to do mini O's, and they maybe do some of those Ricky Carmichael Supercross events and, and start getting their foot in the, the big well down, down south, but still racing up here as the main championship. Noof, did you like the kid? Off the bike, yeah. Like, was he professional to deal with? Was you know, obviously he's fourteen, so you know all of that. But what'd you think? He he was awesome. I mean, if anything, he just became more of a friend. I mean, we were we were buddies and hanging out. I mean, I knew him before coming mm-hmm. in the series, but the thing I struggled with the most with him is I kept forgetting that the kid was fourteen years old. So right. you know, having conversations with him, it's not the same conversation you and I can have. It's a little bit different. You kind of got to dumb things down a little bit and. I mean, he he blew my mind. I mean, go for the first round. It was it was typical what we got. But man, he did some things. And Galdi had mentioned, you know, throwing down the fastest lap time of the whole moto out of anybody on the last lap in that in that mud moto. Well, he did that in the dry at at well semi dry at Sandalee too. He did that twice this year. Fastest lap out of anybody on the last lap of the moto. The whole thing like. That's not normal. Like that and that's what I would tell him, like, dude, how do you do that? And he's like, I get into a flow and I just keep going. Um and then the other thing is too, that kid, our starts were not good. Like we started maybe two motos uh in the top ten. Like they were not good starts. He passed more more guys than anybody in this whole series. There's no question. Um if there was a hard charger award he would he would get it. Um the starts the starts are what cost him from getting some podiums. I mean, he wasn't going to win any motos this year. He's not ready for that. But he definitely had multiple motos, especially um, starting at Walton, that were podium-type rides. But starts, I mean, he started 25th was probably his, if we had stats, um, would be his average starting position. Yeah. Look, so I'm, it was a, was a struggle for that. I'm on board. He's Manitoba. I like the kid. I watched That's him. not what the results page says. You motherfucker. Um, but I was talking to Mertz about him the other day, and, and I just 
I want to pump the brakes a little bit on them because of this. And you two, I, this is, I was out mountain biking this morning thinking of this pod. Here's a question I wanted to ask both of you. Like, yes, he's 14. Yes, it's impressive and all of that. But you know who else was 14 and crushing it was Colton Fasciati, right? Or 15 anyways. Uh, Beaton. Beats was 15. Is he and, – and I don't – like, Colton seemed to be better at this age. I'm not comparing – I'm not saying Ryder is not – you know, if Ryder has just a Colton Fasciati career, that's amazing. That's awesome, right? We all agree with that. However, you know, there's people that are definitely more pumped on him than having a Colton Fasciati career. Now, to me, yes, he's 15, just turned 15. Colton was better at this age. So can we pump the brakes a little bit, Galdi? Uh, this kid is better than Colton. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. See, that's what I want to ask you. Right. And the stats prove it. He, he, Colton only won one is Walton Transcan title. Uh, Riders at eight. Uh, as far as his amateur goes, so leading to this point, well, and then Colton. Stop! Stop with that, though. That that's dumb. No, 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 no. I know that. But leading into his first pro year, Colton's best finish was like an eighth in the moto. This kid was getting forced and okay. battling for podiums and stuff. Okay, so better than Fasciati and Beaton at this age. At this age right now, I would say 100%. Oh, okay. I don't even have to give him yeah, yeah, yeah. his riding ability. Just stats prove it. Well, then you would know more, than, more so than I would. Newf, do you agree? Yeah, no, I agree for sure. I, he, he, I mean, Colton okay. was obviously good, but... Uh, okay, well, definitely. then never mind then. Let's fucking do this. Let's go. <laughs> Let's well, no, go. I like I like what your theory. I, I think you. I think sometimes you're just like me, and, and Noof is a little more open this way. But we're looking at this at this old this old view of like, how oh, the fuck he's got fucking six years before he can even get into a bar, a kind of thing, you know. And there's so much that can go on, and we look at these things. But this kid is an elite talent coming from a completely different atmosphere than a Fasciati or a Beaton. His fucking dad can't walk or help or anything. This kid has to change a tire on the motorhome. He's got to fix the fucking water or fill the water in the motorhome. He's got to drive the fucking sprinter when his old man and mom can't do it. Like there's so, he's so grown up right now compared to a regular 15-year-old. That's the biggest difference in my opinion. But that also, also I think, and, my, and when I say this, I, I, I told the dad this, but I think this could be the only negative. He's aging faster than he needs to be, so I think the next year of his life, so much can change. A chick could get in the way. He gets yeah, yeah, for that sure. Yeah. Maybe he likes just going to the movies or fucking well, – Because not... he's so much older and stuff like that. But, I, again, it maybe yeah. goes the other way. I, just, like, I agree with what you're saying about, like, the jet. Let's not all go in on the jet. Not all in on the jet. Right, it's right. the same sort of thing, but, fuck, man, we barely get stuff like this in our country. You guys see it a lot more. This is this is an anomaly right now. This is the fucking Aurora Borealis of Canadian motocross. Well, not really, and because so, Fasciati was in the same boat. I mean, I remember not Colton even being, close. Not even not close. even there close. Not, <laughs> not even close. The amount wow. of wow. The reason why I'll tell you why. The reason why is because at that time the sport was fucking enormous as far as cash flow and money and names. You still had Morgan, JSR, Darcy Lance, Dusty Clatt, all these guys that were just ahead of these youngsters. The youngsters had not started to do it. But now the global look at younger riders is becoming more of a of a thing. And now this kid is this got this global look and image and riding ability, and it's from in our world. It is it's more advanced than what it was with those guys back then. I I would argue that all day long. Move. Oh, wow. Oh, uh, that was that was that was really good. <laughs> 
What I will say, the only thing that I would throw the brakes on on this whole McNabb program, and it was starting to get a little weird there. The mechanic. With the, <laughs> the mechanic. Yeah, yeah, you definitely got to get rid of the fucking mechanic because that's pretty stressful. Um, what I would pump the brakes on is that, and I've told and I told them this. I told the family this. Ryder doesn't even know what the fuck's going on. So he just goes. He just shows up under the tent. He puts his gear on. He doesn't even care if it's dirty or fucking whatever. He just rides the bike. It's fucking but, gear in the back of the, the fucking side by side all week. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a true story. Like he just rides the bike. So. Yeah. What I'm happy, and I'm not being GDR biased here, I am happy that he stayed put where he's at because right now he's in a situation where there's no pressure. He's under there for fun. If he goes out and gets a fourth, we high five. And if he goes out and gets an 11th, it's all good. There's nobody yelling this and that. He goes at 15 years old with not having a crazy ton of experience at this level of stuff and gets thrown into a spot or a team. I know you got to learn but gets thrown into a spot where all of a sudden now the results are expected to come. The, you're supposed to be on the podium. You're supposed to be fighting for wins. I don't know if he's ready for that yet. He needs another year of basically the program that we were on this year to get more comfortable before we start throwing fucking all this money at Ryder McNabb. That's New, just my opinion. No, if you could be like Skip Norfolk and just ride Ryder McNabb to the top. <laughs> no. Just that's well, rider in the noose. Yep, rider in the noose. Yeah. Oh fuck. I mean, I mean, I worked on a lot of bikes this year. He was not the easiest on bikes. That's for damn sure. I mean, we uh, coming from the back and clutching and yeah. Yeah, I there, mean, was, uh, there was a thing in Dreamland where we went to Dreamland. Galdi, you said, and just blew everything up. Right? Oh fuck, yeah. man! I fucking on my white one twenty-five, two hundred and fifteen pounds going by, looking at a smoke, brand new, four hour, not even an hour old, fucking two fifty F, just smoking, going, oh Christ, this is gonna lot- be bad. The last, the last thing I'll say about Ryder, the cra- some of the other craziest things that happened is that his best results came on his 100-plus-hour practice bike because the race bike was broken or whatever because we had a couple mechanicals. Um, not my fault, once again. But... Uh, <laughs> 100-plus-hour practice bike with a fucking kickstand mount because it was the XC model that Diggs had given him. He went out there, and a couple of those fours that he got came on this bike. This thing was so roach, Steve. Like, you wow. wouldn't even – I couldn't, couldn't yeah. even believe – you could barely pull the clutch in because the cable was worn and the perch was smoked. And it, he, that just goes to show, though, that, like, right. he was going to get the results – whether he no matter what, a, no matter what yeah. bike he was on, as far as like he didn't need any more power. Power wasn't the issue for him. It was literally he just needed to ride and get some and get some freaking you know time under his belt. So it was impressive. So we'll see. If we don't change this Cortland Ontario thing, I am going to rain down hell <laughs> on every website or on Digger or, or somebody. I actually can change it in my computer right now, sitting beside me. But I'm going to fucking dangle that carrot. You. <laughs> That's complete bullshit. Yeah. Manitoba. Uh, we're, we're finally good. I'll fucking put them in Saskatchewan for a little uh, bit. You know what, though? <laughs> the, the thing that I was thinking about was the the last Manitoba hope, Ryan Miller, was also tutored by Noof, and that didn't yeah. work out. So, well, I, you know. Yeah. yeah, a bit of a Manitoba connection I have here. Yeah, yeah. Just complete mm. bullshit. Um, yeah. All right, so we think he's going to stay there. Uh, for yeah. 2021 and future is bright for Ryder McNam for sure that's awesome yeah. uh, and I honestly 
I thought Fasciati, in your mind, I thought both of you would say, tell me that Fasciati at that age was better or Beaton was better. But you're both saying no, so I'll, I'll, I'll defer no. to you guys. You guys know better than I do. So, um, This was Colton when, before he started holding the kill button down and saying his bike was... Okay, yeah, that was uh, 2004, so right, right. pro a couple years in. Um, all right, so Piccolo, you mentioned Piccolo. What changed for him? Because he was a highly touted amateur, right? And yeah. kind of didn't do a lot. And started the series 12, 14, 12, like whatever. And then, yeah, the last two. Uh, Noof, any idea what changed? Well, I think he got in better shape as the series went on. I mean, there's no question. He actually ran second in the moto at uh, at the first gopher there. I think it was the third moto or, yeah, third moto of the, yeah. the week. And he actually ran second and, and, and matched uh, Pettis' pace for, I don't know, good almost half the moto. And then, man, he faded. And, like, I mean, we've all faded before, but it was uh, like he was completely done. So, you know, I think with just getting some experience and stuff, um, dude, his starts were really good, though, all year. And it – it was kind of – I could predict a little bit. Like, I, I've watched him grow up. I, I mean, I've been seeing that kid race since he's been on 50s. Um, and same with Arena Cross out here this past winter. You know, if he whole shot it, he could win the main event. And it seemed like if he got the start in these motos, he could run up there. But his 2-2 performance there at the at the first Sandalee, I mean, it was pretty impressive. The first moto, not as much as the second. But uh, he actually – KTM gave him a motor for the uh, – gave him a factory services motor for the last round and dude his starts were really good i mean he started in the top two i think he actually whole shot at one of the motos but um so yeah he's yeah, good yeah. he's good but he's still a bit of a wild card for me yeah and i know that he did have some podiums where say like mcnab didn't or even that jeremy mccott well jeremy mckay actually got a podium but overall stat wise i still think that that McNabb would get the edge a little bit for this being a gritty, you know, right. come from the back of the pack um, type thing. But no question that Piccolo speeds there. He just needs some. He needs some guidance for sure. Uh, Richard Taylor never really got going. Seemed like his bike broke uh, every single race. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, yeah. Casey Keast had a good ride one round. I remember that. Um, what else? Uh, Cheyenne Harmon, Galdi. You know anything about that? Uh, yeah, uh, Snapchat and drinking beers in Texas, trying to sneak his way back into Canada. Fuck no. Follow the rules, bro. <laughs> Steve, Steve, Rich and Susie at the border couldn't even pull strings for that. That's amazing. <laughs> <It's> amazing. <laughs> uh, Shelly, no, fuck no, I can't remember the names. I fucking remember them. Shelly and Tom. Yeah. No, Shelley Tom and... Tom. Tom and Shelley, that's what it was. Tom, Tom and Shelley at the border. Tom and Shelley. Two different people. Shelly was against it. Tom was, ah, do whatever you want. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. Well, Noof's got to go. He's going to race. Where are you racing this weekend, Noof? What are you doing? Cam Loops. Cam Loops local race. Oh, okay. All right. Are you still Team Green? You're still still on board with that program? Uh, I'm Team I'm team Nothing right now. I, my bike's sold, and uh, I'm Team Mini Dad. So I'm oh. Just, uh, oh, you're not, even, you're not even riding. You're taking a little Oh, one. fuck. Are you like, Mini Dad this weekend? Oh, my God. Please, somebody video this up, up there. <laughs> fuck. Seriously, if we don't need to video this and send it to me. If you do that again at Walton, I'm going to fly out there and knock you out. If we don't win, I'm selling fucking everything. <laughs> well, you, you got. You just need to latch on to this McNabb kid. Just yeah, he's my new son. I'll adopt him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. Oh, by the way, too, like very disappointed. Like COVID obviously affected the series, and and we had shorter. We didn't have as many rounds, and there's still couple supercross rounds to go in diggers backyard so so shit could go sideways but 
very upset, Galdi, at the lack of drama in Canadian Moto this year. Very, very, uh, very de- much down. Yeah, no, I, we apologize for that. Usually we're definitely full of drama and, you know, right on the top of your uh, shit on list. And uh, unfortunately, we've let you down, man. I, I feel really, really bad about that. I will do my best of, to fuck something up at Supercross just for you, for your it show. Just, it just it didn't seem, it seemed like it ran pretty smooth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you wouldn't you wouldn't think that on some of the mornings when I'm running around with these computers, or on the very last day when I'm literally live announcing scoring the race at the same time. <laughs> yeah, well, we did we did have a, a rider have a head on with a side by a team side. Oh yeah, side. oh that was right. a little bit of drama. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that yeah. got left out of the papers. What happened? <laughs> uh, the 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 team the team mule yeah uh, for Cowie. Uh, just fully blacked out, I guess, and just came on the track. Literally, <laughs> I, literally, the identical spot where Alessi and Phil got into it last year at San Lee. No way. They came off the track. Yeah, yeah. He came on a little too early, and some of the riders were parked kind of still on the track, and he kind of went to go around them. Well, sure as shit, Wyatt Waddell come over the finish line. I don't think he was out of control or anything like that, but maybe overjumped it, and yeah. boom. Clipped the fucking side of this mule and ripped his hand all open and shit. And, <laughs> was he all right? Uh, yeah, yeah he was fine and everything like that. We had, to, we had to obviously clip the mule. So next year, obviously, there's no mules anywhere. There's none of this. And we stepped into the rules, and we had to find the team and everything like that. The team had to pay a fine. And By and, no uh, means it was intentional. Oh, That's not at all. Yeah, not, it was yeah, a yeah, full accident whatsoever, but just kind oh, of a, yeah. it could have been a lot scarier than it, than it ended up for R- sure. Renard hit a quad at high point. Out in practice, yeah. so it happens. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. Well, it's two rounds of Supercross, so good. hopefully you guys enjoy sure. that. Uh, okay, yeah, two, at the, two weekends at, the, at Digger's yeah. Backyard Soundtrack. That, that'll be yeah, good. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Backyard will be everybody sitting on his deck, on his trailer <laughs> deck, watching him drinking beers. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow, okay. All right. Um, anything else? Oh, we're good, man. Noob's got to go. I The truck driver that drove for MX-101, Hayden Halstead, skipped the last round because he didn't want to get hurt before his wedding this weekend. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. Really? Yeah, I thought that was a bit dead last. He he's not Mr. Point. Team Guy or anything. I just thought that was a bit weird. He lost some standings in the points, some point standings. Oh, yeah, he went from – he would have finished fifth. He went to eighth. Yeah. Just because he wanted to stay healthy for his wedding. Yeah. He didn't want to get hurt for his wedding. So but, either he but, did this or the missus just put her thumb down. But the week before he raced. The week yeah. before he raced, yeah. Okay, that, yeah, that makes zero sense. Uh, yeah, exactly. I said it on the TV show. I'm like, I don't really agree with that. I think that's dumb. But Pulp Max MX101 Yamaha uh, Hayden Halstead skipping the final one. Wow. Yeah, odd. <laughs> Just yeah, gotta get married, boys. I gotta make sure I can get to the yeah. get to the altar. All right. Well, uh, thank you to Fly Racing and uh, Maxis and and uh, Rental, of course, and uh, and the Noof. And, Goldie, that has been your Rockstar Triple Crown recap. If you want all the results, do not go to Rockstar Triple Crown website. Go to Ammo Racing if you want the results from this past year. So, <laughs> and, uh, and that's it. All right, Noof, Goldie, thanks, boys. Cheers. Thanks a lot, man. See you, boy. Thanks for listening to the Fly Racing Steve Mathis Show. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Storbeck because that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart, 
There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And, right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Pro Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled piss and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in, I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 800 great motocross podcasts. As the days and the months and the years go by.